So I'd like to introduce to you Danya Greenberg, who will be our speaker today. And uh, I would mention a couple things about Danya. First of all, she is the person who is responsible for the TLV Bible translation. And uh, so it's been her uh, fortitude and her uh, willingness to overcome many bumps in the road that has brought uh, the TLV and the app that many of us use and uh, to where it is today. And it's that same fortitude which will bring some new products and some new things um, to us for our children and for our college students. But uh, beyond all of that, uh, Danya is a really dear friend. And uh, besides that, I just love being around her family. You know, have you ever been around a family where you just want to leave because there's tension? This is the opposite. Her family is the opposite of that. And for those of you who get her emails and things and you read about the family altar and uh, Shabbat, uh, this is what her family really does. They don't do it for us, they do it for themselves. And so the, the walk with the Lord is real and it is consistent. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll just say a little more. Um, I've always wondered what it would be like when people who were not raised by Mark, who are husband, uh, Mark and Danya, would come into the family, family like spouses. And it just amazes me to see how they just come into the fabric of this family. And the, the fabric doesn't change, but it just gets larger. So uh, that's a tremendous tribute to a person who uh, walks the things that you'll hear, the things from her heart, the things that she'll say are things that she lives. So with that, I would like to invite Danya to come speak. love rabbi i love his kids i love our community we're so grateful if the world only knew what we have here in the presence of god on shabbat thank you so much you want to hug me i want to hug you i miss, I miss you when i don't see you i feel like the mommy of the whole tribe i feel very much like the mom I really love what we have given our lives to in this movement. I don't think that we always value it the way that we should. You know, they were accused to write in the Bible, <laughs> rightly so, 
of being stiff-necked and obstinate Jewish people. I get that. We're stiff-necked and obstinate. But you know, that makes us really good at protecting the word for 3,400 years. 3,400 years. We've been carrying the word on our shoulders for 3,400 years. Not always like the, and that's miraculous. That's a God who loves us. But he hides us. When we stumble, he hides us among the Gentiles. He hides himself in humanity. I just don't know if we understand what a great sacrifice God made when he decided to come through the body of a woman to save each of us. I'm just shocked that we don't always know how to value that, you know? But having have babies and knowing how much I love my children, how many moms we got in the room? Moms? I got news for you. If you're female and over 20, you're momming something. Your mom and something, a pet, a project, a job, a boss, your mom and something. Because women are created to help. That's like the coolest job in the world is to just help God with his plan. And I'm honored that I'm honored to be a woman. I'm honored by God. I don't feel like I'm second class because I didn't know I was born Jewish. So get, get this, so I didn't know I was Jewish till way later, not like that mattered. I preferred actually choosing to be Jewish and be a Ruth than finding out actually I was Jewish. It was kind of like, wow, really God? That's not even funny. I found out like when it was like two years ago and my kids roared with laughter. They're like, we knew, we knew, we knew. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jews are not better than Gentiles. Males are not better than females. God does not have a caste system in the kingdom of God where his sons and his daughters, each uniquely made and both dearly loved, brought together for the plan of God. And all of us are gifted by God for a unique purpose to bring the world hope because the whole job of, let's just, let's just call it evil inclination. Let's not, let's not honor it even with a name. Just the wrong way. There's the right way and the wrong way. Let's just, let's just say the whole point of evil is to destroy you. And the plan of God is to create you and enrich you and fulfill you and enjoy you. Like God created you to enjoy your company. I didn't know that growing up. I got raised as a little princess till the age of seven. I was a little fairy princess. And I say it that way because every time my grandmother, my Catholic grandmother, would sign a, a letter to me, it would start with, um, with dearest Princess Danielle, is what she would call me. But right around seven years old, I had, a, uh, I had this experience with God that I remember clearly, that I was in a Catholic church if anybody's getting like, I can just, you know something, I can already feel people in the room who heard the word Catholic and they've already turned their ears off to me. Open them up, open them back up. Just open them up. Don't aggravate, don't let a religious spirit get in your way. Eh, 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 eh. None of that, we'll have none of that. We don't like religious Jewish spirits either, by the way. I don't like legalism either. I like freedom of God to be his kids. So let's just start there. So as a kid, little girl, 
I remember being in this giant, enormous, um, it seemed enormous then, Catholic church called Sacred Heart in Rochester, New York. And, um, and I remember realizing I was not alone. That there was God in the room with me. I don't know how I knew that at seven years old. But can you remember the moment that you knew God, there was a God, and that he cared, that he was looking at you and you were looking at him? Do you remember that moment? Okay. Did anybody have that moment before seven, before seven years old? Anybody? Who had that moment before seven? Okay. That, that's good. That's good. I want to tell you something. Having that moment where you know that God is real and that he cares about you has to happen as early as possible for children. As early as possible. Your child being in your arms, hearing you sing praises, your child being in the room, hearing worship, your child being in the Shabbat service where the presence of God is magnified because there's so many of us rejoicing at the same time is as close to heaven on earth as we ever get is Shabbat with him. And we come here because we believe that we get a slice of heaven on earth. And for the record, I have never enjoyed hearing you sing like I did today. It was like a birthday present for me. I'm so grateful to hear your voice and the pleasure of God when you worship. Let me tell you what you do right about worship. I just, everybody just give me a second with this beautiful girl. When you worship, you don't ever make it about talking to the people here. You talk to God. For the record, that's the right pattern. I don't, want to, I don't want you counseling me into the presence of God. I'll follow you as long as you get there. But that's like a primary lesson that we've kind of forgotten, that it's not about the person speaking or the person leading worship. It's about the presence of God being shared by all of us, and God uses human vessels so that the presence and power of God begins to move in the room. Amen? Okay. So with that being said, I want to stay super duper focused because um, my, my heart, my mother's heart for you is to encourage you and enrich you and excite you about how much God loves you. And I could do that for 16 hours and not be done. We don't have 16 hours. I've got several more minutes, but I want to use them wisely. So I asked the Lord specifically on my divine intersection life, what am I to do, Lord, this morning with this group of people? And God was exceedingly clear with me. So I'm going to obey him from this moment on. He said, be extremely practical and help them. Help them. Just help them. The best way that I can do that is I can give you an idea of how um, I read the Bible, how I order my steps, because being wildly creative and very spirit-led is beautiful, but that doesn't mean you make any progress. And I can give you a really great heart-stirring message, and you can leave here all like blown out in the Lord, excited, but if you go back to your life, and I haven't given you anything to actually help you so that your life is better, then all, all I've done is entertain you. And I, don't, and I wouldn't be separated from my family on my birthday to do that. I'm here because God sent me. So because he sent me, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. 
So put aside any ideas you have about why I'm doing it. I don't need to sell anything. I don't need to talk about what I've done with my life. I don't need to prove to anyone that God has appointed me for the task of creating the Bible and making stuff for children and helping mothers raise godly children. That's my goal in life, is to help moms raise godly children and support their husbands to lead their families so that the family of God has healthy families which will build a strong community so that we can minister to the lost and the sick and the hurting. And if we build better children, then we'll have less mess to clean up when we're older, because I'm living proof that cleaning up a mess takes a whole lifetime. And I'd really kind of rather get to the kids before they get that way. Wouldn't it be nice if we could inoculate our children instead of repair them after they're broken? I kind of said something very intense in a very intense way. Let me say it sweeter. It started so cool in schools when they thought, let's just tell children what safe sex is and provide a way for them to not get pregnant. Back when I was a young teen. Here's the problem with all the videos they showed me and all the things they told me. All they did was give me ammunition to do everything wrong. They gave me all the intel I needed to screw up my life all by myself. And then they separated me from my, and then my mom thought it was a great idea. So why don't we get her on birth control? My mother put me on birth control at 15 years old. She was expecting me to have sex. So what, of course, what I do? If my mom thought I should be having sex, clearly that was something I should do. The point I'm trying to make, if this is too ethereal for you, is that the practical lessons of how to live life are learned from your parents first. And what you allow in your home that is not godly will affect your children. Even if you think you're not talking about it, they're watching you. And I want to show you how to live a godly life so that your life reflects Messiah to your children and to the people around you. If I could show you how to do that, would that help? Can it help you do the right thing instead of everything the world's telling you to do, which is the wrong thing? This is how I do it, if you want to know how I do it. I read my Bible every day. When I got saved in a jail cell using a stolen Bible from a six-year-old child, that's how bad it went. I didn't get any laughs off of that. Usually I say that, I get something. That was zero. Let's try again. I got saved in a jail cell. When I got home, I read a children's Bible, a Gideon Bible that I stole from a six-year-old from the family that saved me after I was attacked in college. I know it's not funny. What's funny is that people think that that's unusual. That's what's funny. What's funny is they think that the people who end up ministering the gospel are like the perfect people who have it all together. They're not. They're the broken people that God saves because we all start out broken unless we have parents that help us grow in a way that's healthy and strong. So I'm dedicated now to reaching children as early as I can and reaching um, and giving ways for parents to teach their children. So thank you for being patient with me. I have a lot of stuff. It's just kind of the way I am. So I'm going to start with this, this idea. Do you remember this song? 
My soul finds rest in God alone. My peace depends on him. And in that place of quiet rest, he fills me from within. He pours on me his holy oil, the spirit of the living God. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up until I overflow, until I overflow. So I began being healed by reading the Bible three hours a day. I was scared to death that I would have AIDS. I ended up pregnant. I married. This time I didn't have an abortion, and I married my my dear Mark, and we've been married for 30 years. But we had to build a family from scratch because I lost my mom when I was 20, but I lost my dad. I, I lost my mom 20 years ago, but I lost my dad 40 years ago. So I didn't have anybody older than me who could tell me how to raise children. So I started going to Messianic conferences, and I started reading the word like a wild woman, and I was raised under under Jonathan, John, under Rabbi Jonathan Burness's teaching, so I had a really great rabbi, and I had a really wonderful Bible, and I had a husband who loved me. And that combination was enough to heal me. I had a good teacher, a good sound Bible teacher, right, who kept me on the right path. I had a husband who loved me, regardless of what a wreck of a woman I was, and I had the Bible. But I was really saved by falling in love with my daughter, it says women are saved in childbirth. That's a real thing, you know. When you become a mother, you all of a sudden are responsible for another life, and you go, oh, my gosh, what do I do now? Oh, what am I going to do now? So I began reading the Bible three hours a day. This is how I read the Bible. I hope it helps you. Please just start by reading the proverb of the day. It's very short. It's not very long. You can read part of it if you run out of time. But start by a daily regimen of like, there's 31 Proverbs in a month. Read the proverb of the day. You can't feel bad about it, because if you skip one, you're going to get to it next month. Don't worry. I pretty much have memorized the entire book of Proverbs. You know how I know I've memorized it? Because when people give me a saying, and they, and they like for example, uh, cleanliness is next to godliness, that's not actually in the Bible. There's stuff that people tell you real rules, and they're not in the Bible. I don't believe things that aren't in the Bible. I believe what's in the Bible. Yup. And if it's in the Bible, I believe it. Therefore, when the Bible says it, I do it. And the, when the Bible says don't do it, I don't do it. No, 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 of course. Do you have any idea how many people don't do that? People carry their Bibles around like a snuggly. They feel like if they have it for years, if they, if they have it in their purse, they're walking close to God. No, 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 no. Read it. Don't let other people explain. I mean, of course you need a good teacher, but if you're not reading it for yourself, you can't have a conversation with God by yourself. And at the time when I was in the jail cell, I couldn't have a conversation with God other than, please help me, please don't let them kill me, please God let me get out of here, and I'll serve you the rest of my life. That's all the salvation prayer is. 
is please God save me because I'm going to a really bad place if you don't intervene and change my life. How many people had that kind of an experience with God where they're like, please save me because I'm not going to make it if you're not here? Okay, can I make it really clear? That's how I am every day of my life. That's how I am right now talking to you. I know you're all looking at the clock, you're all waiting to have lunch, I get it. But I'm here to tell you that there are real foundational stones in your walk with God that will help you, okay? One of them is you need to read your Bible yourself. Read your Bible yourself. Number two, you need to read your Bible daily. You also need to read it weekly, and you need to read it monthly, and you need to read it semi-annually. Would you like me to explain how I do that? Would that help? This is how I've learned how to do that. This has taken me years, but when people ask me, how do you get done all the stuff that you do? Like, how do you get, all right, so be patient with me for one second, but it's easier to show you than to make a big deal about it, okay? This is a calendar. This will show you how to follow the weekly Parsha reading cycle without having to get involved in all the Jewish months. It's just very clear. I color code Shabbats. I have, I celebrate Shabbat, my little Shabbat kit, every single week. We developed a Bible app on our phone that you can get, and it's free, and here's how you do it. Don't, lo don't leave me now, because I'm not talking about things, I'm talking about the way I live, so that you can live the Bible. I'm done studying it to try to dissect it. I want the Bible to change me. I'm not trying to make it obey me. I'm trying to obey the Bible. I'm trying to obey the God of the Bible. So we created this cool Bible app, and in this Bible app you'll see videos and songs and children's lessons and activity pages, and the scrolls are in there. You can read off the Torah scroll yourself. Like It's got at least 35 different buttons you can play with it. And it's got the liturgies and the prayers and the audio of the... Do you know that you can listen to the audio Parsha every week? Yeah. Like, we did every single thing we could for something called Bible engagement. Say that word with me. Bible engagement. Bible engagement. Why does that matter? Because we're the bride. How can you be with the one you love if you're not engaged? How can you be with the one that our heart loves if you don't spend time with the Bible and time with God talking to you and time talking to each other about God? So it has been my life's work to try to make the Bible as readable, seeable. I mean, all the art we created for it. I'm doing everything I can to get people to just open the pages and read it. It says we overcome, so I did the Bible, the Bible app is next. So we've got the Shabbat kit, we've got the Bible app, we've got the calendar. This even has a calendar on it, you can put your appointments on it. And then of course, crazy as it sounds, I came up with a, a planner. Why did I come up with a planner? Because I had a young woman who came to me and said this. And it's funny because I can point out people in this room that I would have done the same thing with because I love them the same way. But I had a young woman, does anybody know Kara Oliveira? She used to be Kara Haynes, you know the Haynes girls, you know the Haynes family that went around the country, Zamar Lavov, you have their albums, I'm sure. Well, Kara Haynes, the lead, the lead singer of her family, she doesn't call herself that, but if you ever hear her sing, she's phenomenal. 
So she and my daughter were best friends. So she ended up in my life because we wanted to help her husband, who's the son of a rabbi. So a rabbi's kid and his new bride, a missions singer. She went around the country singing with her family in an RV. They end up in my life. Now, for a long time, I thought, well, you know, this is my daughter's best friend, and we really want to help them, and they're so cute. And you know how you, you want young people in the congregation, so you'll just give them any job to do so they show up because you just love them so much. You just want to help them any way you can. So they were working with us. And then one day her husband, one day I fired her husband. I want to say that politely, excuse me, Facebook. But he wanted to take care of his wife. And we weren't able to pay him enough. And I could see them struggling, and they weren't reaching their potential. And so I very kindly and politely said, listen, I love you, man, but you need to go out there, and you need to follow your dream. You've got to follow your heart. You've got to do what you're created to do. And yeah, it took him some time to figure it out, but now he has his own photography studio. And he's doing amazingly well. But during that time when he was trying to figure himself, who here is trying to still figure themselves out and what they're called to do? Anybody here still not quite figured out who you are yet? Because I got news for you. It takes a lifetime. Do you know you get to have five careers? The, the average for, for people in America is five different careers in your lifetime. That's normal. 20, I, I got news for you. I've, can I tell you? I probably have done more creative stuff. I have the most fun life because I found the expansion joint, and that's why I'm here to talk to you about that. Just stick with me. There's a word Paul Wilbur gave me about it, and then there's a little thing I can show you if I, if I saved it here. I had a way I was going to show you the expansion joint. I had a little thing. Where did I put it? Did I throw it in here? It may have gotten in here. So here's my testimony book. If you want to read anything about how I got this way and what I learned from the Bible, this is my testimony book. Why? Because you overcome the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So I wrote a testimony book that shows my mugshot on the back and who I was at that little seven-year-old girl on the front. Because I want people to understand that your life is bookended by the first time you meet God and the time you actually turn your life over to God. Figure out where those bookends are, and then from there, I can show you how to grow. Have you given your heart to the Lord? Has everyone here really surrendered your will to God's plan for your life? You want me to pray that with you? Because we could get that done real quick. Pray this with me. God of Israel, God of Israel, God of Israel, God of Israel. Say it like you mean it. God of Israel, God of Israel, help me. Help me. I want to be who you want me to be. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to surrender my will for yours so I can be exactly who you created me to be, so I can be exactly who you created me to be. There's this. I'm going to go ahead and, and put this together. Has anybody ever seen, has anybody ever seen, um, when you think about the garden and you think about um, good and evil, do you ever feel like, like, um, do you ever feel like, okay, I'm going to be, um, be really honest about this. Do you ever feel like you get stuck in the victim role and then, then the enemy gets to be the villain and then God gets to be the hero, so you're always the victim? Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever put yourself in that place? You realize in a victim-villain-hero scenario, if God's the hero and the enemy's the enemy, then that means you're always the victor, the, the, the victim, always, always. 
if what you believe is a victim, villain, hero, if you, if you believe that. Now, the way that I was taught that as a little girl is this one little exercise that was one little, it was a joke back when I was a kid. I want to know if anybody recognizes it. Anybody, this is going to be for the old folks, like me, not for young people. You all are going to go, I can't believe you thought that, but it's really true. So we used to do this thing when we were kids. We used to make a little bow tie out of a piece of paper, and we would play this game. Watch. You must pay the rent. But I can't pay the rent. You must pay the rent. But I can't pay the rent. You must pay the rent. But I can't pay the rent. I'll pay the rent. I learned to be helpless because I was a girl. I learned that it wasn't okay to be strong and to be directed. But that was after I had been the princess for seven years. After I was for the, the princess for seven years and had come to know God as a child, the adults in my life had a hard time and my life blew up and I didn't know where to find God. So I went down a long, dark journey to find him but the journey back has shown me this. God doesn't want you to ever be a victim, ever. He is always for you. The enemy never wins over God's plan for you, ever. It doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. The truth is God has built expansion joints into life for you. And I'm going to show you what the expansion joints are. Because if you don't understand the expansion joints, then you will, you will feel like you are on a merry-go-round that you can never get off of. You are on a rat's wheel you can never figure out. It's like, it's kind of like when you're, when you're in a construct, you're in a, like you ever uh, entered like a new job or a new, um, um, a new job or a new club or a, or, or a new hobby and you realize that everybody knew the rules but you didn't? Like you didn't know the rules until you broke them. There are expansion joints in your Bible that you're not aware of, and I'm going to show you where they are. Shabbat is equal to six days of work. I want you to hear me. You know that if you give a... How many people here tithe regularly? How many people understand that tithing is important? How many people know that tithing is important? Why? Because if you don't tithe, then the 90% doesn't double into more than enough to give away. If you don't give what you're required to give, then you can't give any extra because there isn't anything because you haven't been obedient. Because it's a law that God created in his word. He says, tithe, you do it. Okay. He says Shabbat so that you can be healthy and well and happy. If you don't take Shabbat, if you don't spend time in the kingdom here on earth, with the presence of God between us, the God of heaven and earth, that space between heaven and earth is found here in this sanctuary. It's found in every time you have that Holy Spirit encounter with your spouse. Every time two or more are gathered together, you can have the presence of God between you. That's, that, that's, not, that, that, that's not confusing, that's reality. Reality is that we have a God who has created heaven and earth and the space inside it he's given us to dwell. But he's given us expansion joints in time and space to refresh us, to let us rest. Today's Parsha is Parsha Noach and it's about rest. Rest. 
rest, rest, rest. How many people here are thinking about work next week already? How many people are singing while they're making a grocery list in their head? It took me years to learn how to totally lose myself in worship to where I didn't care who was looking at me. I didn't care where I was because the space we have here is holy space. And that's, so in this calendar and the way that I live and all these tools that we make that go with the Bible, if you don't get anything else I say while I'm here, I just hope you get this one thing. I know there's lots of cool Jewish calendars out there and there's lots of cool teachings out there about the Bible and there's lots of ways you can study. Can I just encourage you to do one thing? Could you maybe live the Bible instead of study it? How about we just live it? How about we just live according to the way we were created? The way that I learned how to do that is I color-coded Shabbats. And that sounds stupid simple, but it's really true. For the past, and the reason I brought up Kara Oliveira and her husband is this. When this young woman who watched me live, who wasn't a part of my family, like Rabbi Steve said, when this woman saw the way that I lived and her husband got the job of his, you know, he's getting the job that he really wanted to take care of. I, you know, men who work and take care of their wives, like somebody give them a high five. Because it's hard to be a guy and it's hard to be in charge and it's hard to be strong. It's hard to lead, it's not easy. Don't gripe about your husbands, they're the best thing God ever gave you. Love them and be thankful because if they weren't there taking care of you, guess what, there's no firewall. My husband is a straight up firewall for me. He doesn't let me get run over and we don't let anybody divide us. And that's what our children see. But that took a long time to learn because the enemy was after us. He wanted to make sure that Mark felt like garbage and I felt like Jezebel and everything was awful and you know what, it was a lie. My husband's the one that tells me to do the things I do. I've been obedient every day because my husband's my biggest cheerleader. I have the best husband in the world for me. You have the best husband in the world for you. And your ability to walk in the grace of what God, who God created you to be, single or married, male or female, is the greatest joy you will ever know when you understand that God created you on purpose and that he's made expansion joints for you to chill and for him to refresh you. So I color-coded the Shabbats because, so Kara says to me, when she was, didn't have to work, her husband said she didn't have to work, so he said, you can do whatever you want. This is a girl who has traveled the country, knows everybody, writes music like I breathe. And you know what she said she wanted? which I never would have guessed in a million years. She walked into my office at home and she said, she said, Danya, um, would you please mentor me in business? I want to be a producer. And I was like, I couldn't understand because that's not how I saw her. So who here has, who here has something that they really feel called and anointed by God to do, and nobody recognizes it, but it's in you. Who's got something they know they're anointed to do, you know you're called to do, but you feel like an imposter because it doesn't show on you. So you wonder if anybody really sees it, so you're not even, you're not even okay with talking about it. 
I wear my heart on my sleeve because I want you to know this is my message to the world. Love God, love one another. Love God, love one another. I want to teach children and parents. The whole Bible is summed up in the words, love God, love one another. So I wear it on my clothes to remind myself of who I am. So when I look in the mirror, I go, that's my job. Love God, love one another. I am constantly putting reminders in my life to be who God created me to be, not to be stuck in where I am right now, but to live the hope that God has in me because he trusts me. He tr Do you realize God trusts you? He could have picked anybody, but he trusts you. So when Kara says this to me, I want you to mentor me in business, I have no idea what she's talking about. So she did to me what I did to the Bible. She, little simple things, getting me my coffee, watching the timing of how I do things, watching how I lead my family. And then one day, she went and she said, let me organize your, your, your attic boxes for you. And she came down the stairs and she handed me my planners. I've been making planners for 25 years. Who remembers the old day of day runners? Anybody remember day runners? Okay, where you can pick what kind of pages you want. So since I was your age with small children, I made, I, I went to the grocery store, I, I found all the aisles, all the stuff in the aisles, I organized it on a sheet of paper, I only included the things I would buy because I was going to take care of our diet. I was going to make us healthier. So then I made myself a grocery sheet, and then I copied it and put it in a three-ring binder, and I made myself a day timer so that when I went shopping, I wouldn't get distracted by all the things that are on sale. I would get what my family needed and move on. I ordered my thinking about how I grocery shopped. Now multiply that times 30 or 40 other things that I managed as I grew as a believer. And it ended up all revolving around one thing. This is the one thing. Kara said, you've got to teach this, Donya, because my generation has no idea how to do this. And if you don't show us, we're never going to know. I've been color coding Shabbats for over 20 years. Why? Because I don't care about anything more than I care about my time with God. My whole week is spent getting ready to take my day with my God. Because that's the only time I know that I'm free and I'm whole and nobody can touch me. No matter what I've gone through in my life, Shabbat has always been my safe place with God. No matter where I was, I could find him. And I'm just telling you that I color-coded them because I knew that I was working toward that weekend. And by color-coding them, I knew there were things I could only do once a month. And I didn't want to run by the world's calendar. I wanted to run by God's calendar. So if I color-coded a Gregorian calendar, pink, yellow, green, blue, pink, yellow, green, blue, pink, yellow, green, blue, then I taught myself not to overcommit, listen, 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 not to overcommit to do things weekly that I could only do monthly. And I learned how to not do things daily that I could only do weekly. And I learned how to not do things every month if I could only do them every six months. The expansion joints that God has set in your life are very simple, very simple. Every day starts in the evening. Your family comes first. 
Don't let the enemy lie to you that if you spend another hour at work, another two hours on that project, if you just keep working, it'll get better. It's not going to get better until you give your life to God and follow God's timing. Because God has a heartbeat. He has a direction and a place for you to arrive at. And you're going to miss your divine appointments if you're pushing yourself all the time and running yourself into the ground. The day starts in the evening, so please, by God's grace, start thinking about Shabbat Sunday for the next Shabbat. So I spend Sunday, Monday, Tuesday filling up my calendar with things to do for the week. I don't plan past Wednesday because I need Thursday and Friday to wind down or else there's no Shabbat. If you fill up your whole week to the end of the week with projects for yourself, then there's no preparation for Shabbat. These are just things that are, you can believe me or not, but I'm just telling you, if you'd like expansion joints, then realize you need a day of preparation before Shabbat, or you won't have Shabbat. That's what the day timer's about. So Shabbat is an expansion joint. It's, king, it's the kingdom of God on the earth. Do not overbook your week to destroy your Shabbat. Can you just agree to not do that anymore? Just live one week to get to God. Make getting to God your priority. Getting to God at peace and prepared. It says that he made, he, he finished his work for what? For the purpose of preparing. You need to prepare in order to rest. And then the monthly things that you can do like once a month, like maybe you can usher once a month, or maybe you can do a women's thing once a month, Stop doing things every week that you really can only afford to do once a month. Because God makes women cyclically monthly creatures. He did that on purpose. He did that on purpose. So weekly women's groups are really tough, but monthly women's groups, man, we can knock that out. But weekly is tough. So we keep cramming things into our calendar until we're neurotic. So just please find the balance and the rhythm because the semi-annual things is that we get six months of seed time and six months of harvest. The first month in the Bible is Passover. The seventh is Sukkot. That's six and a week off, six and a week off. For the record, that's easy, right? That's all of Leviticus 23. It's not complicated. You don't have to worry about there being five New Year's and 17 Jewish holidays, and then there's Christian holidays, and then on top of that, there's school holidays. And by the time you're done, you're running to the ground. I want you to literally take your time and think of it this way, like you're, like you're doing on a table. Take your time and just do this. Whoosh. Move it all aside and say, Shabbat. I'm going to not push myself past when God says I need to rest. So think about it this way. One, two, three, one, two, three, rest. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, rest. I'm serious. Can you think, what, is anything I'm saying reaching anybody? Does everybody feel overwhelmed by their calendars? Do you realize that the person that rules your calendar rules your world, whether it's your boss or your school or your kids or whatever? I don't want my life to be that complicated. I just can live up to the next Shabbat 
and do my best to be at peace by the time I walk in here. Proverbs daily, Torah portions weekly, women's and men's groups monthly, and semi-annual holidays where everybody's all in, but only twice a year. And if we can stick to that rhythm, instead of stuffing things into every square space on your calendar, you will find that you will have expansion joints for joy, and God will give rest to your soul, and you can live a life rested. I personally, before God, will tell you that when I meet with people, Rabbi Steve is always so gracious to me, but when I meet with people, they can get really super overwhelmed because I'm talking a mile a minute and I'm really excited about what I'm doing. I can get quiet and in God's presence just as fast. You have to practice the presence of God in your homes on Shabbat because that's where you find rest. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. You can pray, you can love, you can spend time with God, spend time with God in your home, in your heart, in your car, in your office too. Because great is our God. He's our breath in our lungs. When we gather together to praise our great God, He's our breath in our lungs. And He fills up the space between heaven and earth and the walls of this building because great is our God. Please don't visit the presence of God. Live the presence of God. There is nothing that should by any means harm you or come near you if you can learn to find the presence of God in the spaces that he creates. You know this space. Please look for the presence of God in all the spaces because he's there. Every time two or more of us gather, he's there. And I just want you to know that you can live a life of Shabbat peace and it has nothing to do with all the trappings. It has to do with the space between your heart and your mind. Can you still yourself that way? Now, I've created a bunch of fun stuff to help you find it and help you organize your life so that you can be at peace. But the reason that you stay organized is so that you can be creative. 
You can't be creative and do fun things with God if you're a wreck and on a Ferris wheel right, running and running, a rat's wheel running all the time. Instead, let's let God invade the space and, and let's find that space to rejoice before him. And I want to thank you for inviting me here today. Thank you for your support and love for the Tree of Life Bible. Thank you for the kindness that you've shown me. I want to just... Thank you, Rabbi Steve, for standing by me when everybody around me thought I was crazy. But he knew that I loved God and that what I do, I do in my space with God. It's just that I know how to do that no matter who's in the room because you can't get between me and God. God can get between me and you, but you can't get between me and him because great is the Lord.